Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Pillow Talk with Dana podcast. I am recording my second real episode tonight, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for all of your support on the last episode and the introduction. I actually recorded the first episode before I launched the podcast, so I never got a chance to thank you in the last episode. But thank you so much for all of your kind DMs and text messages anyone who reached out to me to say either like they're proud of me for going for my dreams or that they related to something that I said in the podcast or that they're looking forward to more. Just any sort of support really means so much to me. Even if you just listened, thank you so much. It's really motivating to keep going. And as I hope you guys can see, it's something that I love doing and I'm really excited to keep moving on that and having your guys' support means the absolute world to me. So I hope that you guys continue to enjoy the episodes. Make sure to provide me with feedback on future episodes you'd like to see. Um, I posted a story on my Instagram recently to get some input on some episodes and that's actually how I got tonight's episode idea. So I will just jump right into the episode. As you guys can see from the title, today we are going to be talking about self-care. Now, when I say self-care, I don't mean just baths and face masks and painting your nails. I mean all forms of emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual self-care. So in this episode, I have about 10 different self-care practices that I do in my daily life. They're not necessarily daily rituals, but I will be walking through kind of morning to nighttime, and then I'll throw in a few different things throughout the episode that I would do on a weekly basis or a monthly basis to maintain all aspects of health in my life. But before we get started, I know that I talked about creating some segments in the last episode, and I've thought about it more and decided that I have two segments that I want to start, and I think it will just help add some variation to the episodes and will also help you guys keep up with my daily life so that you feel more connected to me and you know what's going on as I'm learning and growing and sharing experiences and learnings in this podcast. So my first segment is the highs and lows of the week. I kind of want to cover one or two high points and one or two low points. Again, so you guys can keep up with my personal life, know what's going on and know what I'm experiencing. And maybe you can hear in a future episode, some learning that I have from something that I'm going through. So I'm going to start with lows because I think you should always start with the low in life and end on a high note. So I'll just be really open and honest with you guys. I have had a pretty rough couple of weeks and today is no exception. And it was actually kind of motivating to record this episode on self-care because really what I need tonight and tomorrow and right now while I'm going through this hard time is some self-care. I think we're all going through a bit of a difficult time, of course, with being in lockdown and it's been almost three months now. So it's kind of getting to me in all aspects in terms of my work, my mental health, my physical health. I haven't seen my friends in so long and, and I realized today just how long it's been, how much I miss just like going for coffee with a friend or going to a restaurant with a friend. So it's definitely getting to me, but my more specific low of this week is work. And it's actually been the last few weeks. Typically, I have a pretty good work-life balance. It's something I actually want to cover in the future. And I absolutely love my job. So overall, 
doing what I love plus having good work-life balance. I haven't really struggled thus far with my career in the last um, seven months, I guess, that I've been working in my position. However, as of recent, we've had a lot of urgent projects with deadlines coming to an end and I have worked a lot of overtime and I don't get paid overtime and it's not like I'm working overtime to get ahead. It's more so like I absolutely have to in order to meet these deadlines. So we recently had a long weekend and I did take quite a bit of that time to rest and recharge. However, I did still have to do some work in order to get some stuff done for some deadlines this week. And it hasn't been as bad this week, but for sure last week, and especially the two weeks before that, I was working up to 14 hours a day every single day. I think it was like 10 hours minimum. I was working on weekends. It was just a disaster. And I wasn't the only one. My whole team was online. At any hour of the day you'd log on, there'd be at least 50% of the people working, which is just ridiculous. But I understand I work in a position where there's quite a lot of volatility. Sometimes we don't have a lot of work and sometimes we do have a lot of work. And like I said, I absolutely love my job and I'll take it any day. And I'm extremely grateful to have a job during this pandemic, but it has taken a toll on me. It's just working long hours is not easy. And then creating boundaries while working from home is even more difficult when you have pressure at work because it's easy to say, well, why would I put more pressure on myself tomorrow? versus just take a couple hours tonight to do some more work. So that's kind of what I've been doing is just extending my work day by an hour or two or three or four every day to try to relieve some pressure for myself. But in the end, I'm really not doing myself a favor because I'm missing out on the time that I have for my self-care. So coincidentally, this kind of go coincides with today's episode. It probably won't every week, but I'm just learning that I need to be creating better boundaries with my work. I think when it was warmer, I used to log off on time to go for a little walk before the sun sets. And now that we're out of this polar plunge that we're in here in uh, Western Canada, I do want to start doing that again, especially since the sun sets around six. So it's a perfect time for me to wrap up and get outside. And it just creates kind of a pressure for me to get off my computer, which is what I need. I need a reason to log off. So on the contrary, a high for this week is actually having quite a bit of time alone. So I know I said I'm working long hours, which is very true. And because of that, I haven't really been making plans. Um, Obviously, I can't see many people in person right now, but my cohort is just my parents and my boyfriend. And I haven't been seeing them a whole ton because I don't want to make any set in stone plans after work and then end up not being able to meet those plans. So usually after work, I just, I'm alone. I have time to do what I need to do. And again, coinciding to today's episode, that actually gives me some time to do some self-care. And something that I have been doing quite a bit in this last week is reflection. So something you may not know about me is I'm pretty into astrology. Um, the start of February here from January 30th to February 20th is something called Mercury retrograde. And I'm not going to go all astrology woo woo on you, but basically Mercury retrograde can be a time of reflection. And I have found myself being especially nostalgic during this time in February for the last three years, I have experienced some pretty significant life changes 
Three years ago, I injured my knee, which I talked about a little bit in the last episode and I'll talk about in the future, but it was a very significant injury and time in my life. Two years ago, I got my knee surgery and I went through a breakup. And last year, I also went through a breakup. So it's definitely been a time of reflection looking back on the last three Februaries and the significant life changes that I went through during those months. And it's just nice to have that time to journal and reflect and see how far I've come and how much I've learned and the life that I've established for myself since all of those life-altering events. To go along with having some more time for myself and my spiritual health is I am going to get a tarot card reading on Saturday and I'm really excited. I've only ever gotten a tarot card reading once and it was a long, long time ago at Stampede so I wouldn't consider it any sort of like personal appointment. Um, Again, with this whole astrology thing, my mom kind of got me into it from a young age and she's really into getting her fortune told. I don't know if I want to go that far because I get a little nervous about kind of living life from what's told to me rather than just letting life happen as it is. I believe everything happens for a reason. I just want to let things flow naturally, but I do think tarot readings are super cool. They kind of just tell you a gist about the energy in your life and certain sectors like home and family and money and how those things may look in the next month or so. So it's no sort of fortune telling, nothing super specific. It's just kind of telling you where your energies are at. And I'm really excited. So maybe I'll have an update on that in a future episode. Okay, so the second segment that I want to do is a quote of the episode. So I have been really into reading some Rupi Carr lately. I've been taking some baths and reading poetry or reading it before bed and it's just been really relaxing and soothing for me and really relatable with kind of the tough emotions that I've been going through. It's just nice to see that written down on paper by somebody else and be able to relate to something. And as I've been going through, I found a lot of quotes that contain messages on things that I want to talk about in this podcast. So I decided to flag a few of them and every episode I want to do some sort of quote relating to the message of the episode. It doesn't necessarily have to be Ruby Carr. This week it is and I'm sure in the next upcoming weeks it will be because I'm still so obsessed with her books. But in the future, just something to kind of set the tone for the episode. So today's quote is, if I am the longest relationship of my life, isn't it time to nurture intimacy and love with the person I lay in bed with? each night. Now, I thought that was really important because at the end of the day, the only relationship that you're promised is the relationship with yourself. And you have to lie in bed with yourself every single night. And I just think that was a really good message for this episode. So as I said at the start, the actual dictionary definition of self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's health. So for me, that means mental and emotional health, physical health, and spiritual health. Now I'd say it has taken me about three to four years to establish self-care practices in my life. I think prior to being about 19 years old, I didn't really know how to take care of myself. I was so used to being taken care of by my parents my whole life. And when I started being alone, as I talked about in my last episode, when my mom would be away for periods of time, I needed to start learning how to take care of my own health and my own well-being 
because I no longer had anyone to watch out for me. So everyone's on their own journey to developing these self-care habits. If you have any self-care habits that I didn't mention, I would love if you shared them with me because I could always use more self-care in my life. I think we can all embrace the relationship with ourselves to the full potential. So my first self-care practice starting at the top of the day is having an established morning routine. Now, this is something that's extremely prevalent in quarantine for me, especially because it's not something that's forced. However, even when I'm going to work, I still obviously have to have this morning routine. And when I used to be back in school and even on weekends, I try to keep it consistent. So my morning routine always consists of not spending too much time on my phone. I will admit I do look at my phone. I check my texts, my calls, sometimes scroll through my Instagram or look at my Instagram DMs or any TikToks that people sent me overnight, Snapchats. But for the most part, it's just checking my notifications and then hopping out of bed. I always open the blinds in my bedroom and in the rest of my house to allow sunlight in. That wakes me up. It makes me feel happier. And I drink a lot of water. I know this is super cliche, but I keep a swell water bottle with me at all times and I try to drink at least half of that right when I wake up in the morning. I always try to eat a nutritious breakfast. I'm definitely a breakfast person. I have a huge appetite, so even if it means I have to bring some breakfast to work with me back when I was working in the office, I would always make sure I had overnight oats or a yogurt parfait, or I would make like a protein shake in the morning just to have something to fuel my body. I always do that before I start work. Otherwise, I get hangry and I can't focus, and it's really important for me to have that energy. And if I'm going to be drinking caffeine later in the day, I need some fuel in my body to absorb that. Otherwise I can get really shaky and stuff with the caffeine. And I always have a hygiene routine. Even if I'm just staying at home for the day, if I'm working from home or if it's the weekend, I always wash my face, brush my teeth, put on deodorant. I get my hair out of my face, brush my hair, and I put on some clothes. And that always makes me feel better, makes me feel more cleanly. If someone even comes to the door, at least I don't look horrible. Or if I have to make a quick errand, it just makes me feel more ready for the day. I'm not somebody who's going to wear trousers and a blazer while I'm working from home. I praise you if you do that, but I really want to take advantage of being able to wear my sweatpants and my hoodie. But I find if I'm wearing my pajamas, I just feel very lazy. I don't feel in work mode. I don't feel like a strong intelligent engineer. So leggings make me feel like a strong, intelligent engineer. Yes. (laughs) But at least makes me feel ready for the day. My next self-care practice is taking a probiotic and daily vitamins. It's taken me a while to establish a supplement routine that works for me. And these supplements are just what works for me. I suggest you talk to your doctor and sometimes it takes trial and error, honestly. But I take a probiotic twice a day that helps with my digestive health, and I think it also helps with my skin. I take omega-3, biotin, garlic oil, vitamin C, vitamin D, and a multivitamin. And if I'm feeling sick, I will take echinacea, or if I know I'm going through a super stressful time, like back when I was in finals in university, I would also start taking echinacea just to prevent getting any sort of colds from being overworked and stressed. And I also put collagen powder in my tea or my smoothie every day, and that helps with my skin and my joints. In addition, I do just want to touch on caffeine while we're here. So I actually stopped drinking coffee in February of 2017. So it's been four years since I've had caffeinated coffee. Now, I love coffee, so I still have decaf, but I found four years ago 
that it made me so incredibly anxious. Instead of making me more productive, it actually made me less productive because I was very shaky. Now, I know not everybody struggles with that, and I wish that I could drink coffee because it's just such a trendy type of drink and I love the taste of it. So I commend you if you can handle it and it makes you work more productively, all the more power to you. But for me, it was my personal decision to cut it out. I now have some black tea like chai tea or matcha tea on days that I need it, which to be honest is probably like three out of five work days of the week, which is totally okay because for me, it's a lower caffeine level. And I find it's more sustainable in my body and it doesn't immediately give me the shakes and make my digestive system just blow up if you know what I'm talking about. So that was a huge factor in restructuring my anxiety back in 2017. And it's something that I have maintained to this day. So my third self-care practice is keeping a gratitude journal. I have shared this a few times on my Instagram, but I use the five-minute journal by, I think it's called Intelligent Change. I actually used to follow... Mimi Icon and Alex Icon, who are the creators of it. And I watched them on YouTube since like literally 2012. So I actually heard about this journal through them rather than hearing about them through the journal because I know the journal is now pretty famous. It's sold in chapters in Indigo everywhere. And I know quite a few people use it. So I actually downloaded the app four years ago. The day that I decided to stop drinking coffee is the day I decided to start using a gratitude journal. As you can tell, I had a life-changing period of my life, which maybe I'll touch on in a future podcast, but just the general gist of it is my mom was in the hospital and it was reading break for me and I found myself just so anxiety-ridden and I thought, why am I so anxiety-ridden first of all when I'm on reading break and I should be resting, allowing my body to rest? And second of all, why am I stressing about all of these unnecessary things when my mom is in the hospital? And that should be the forefront of my worries right now. So I was watching a video by Mimi Icon one day and she was talking about how she uses this gratitude journal. And this may sound far off, but I don't know if I had ever really felt gratitude. Of course, I had felt, wow, I'm lucky that I'm not in someone else's position when someone's going through a hard time. But I don't think I had ever really focused on, wow, I'm so happy the sun is shining in the window right now or something as small as that in my daily life. And I didn't understand how the feeling of gratitude can't really coincide with the feeling of sadness. Even if it's just momentary, feeling grateful for something makes, personally for me, puts a smile on my face and makes me feel better even if it's just for a second. So from that day forward, I told myself I will forever practice gratitude. And actually, if I were ever to get a tattoo, I've always wanted the word gratitude because that word really pulled me out of that phase of anxiety that I was in and restructured my anxiety along with not drinking coffee and a couple of other things. But it is really close to my heart. So for four years, I have maintained this gratitude journal. I would be lying if I said that I wrote in it every single day. I definitely have my off days, but I write my morning entry and my night entry as often as I can. Basically, I write three things I'm grateful for. I set my intention for the day by saying three ways I'm going to make today amazing, and I do affirmations. Now, I've talked with several counselors about affirmations, and I know it's a very important part of your day, and I think that this is a great way for me to make sure I'm structuring it into my daily life. So I always put one affirmation, and I'll repeat it to myself out loud, 
And that affirmation usually runs for a few months and then I end up changing it. But I find after a few months, I truly believe it. It truly sticks with me. And it's been a really great way to incorporate that kind of positive self-talk. What's cool about the app is it actually comes with a photo function if you get the digital one. So you can upload a photo every single day of something that you're grateful for. And I'm gonna boast here for a minute and say I have barely missed a day for the last four years. So I can scroll back and see exactly what I was doing last February, the February before, and the February before, which is super cool to see your growth throughout the years. And one of my favorite, favorite things is when I'm laying in bed at the end of the day and I go to pick a photo of something I was grateful for, and I have like three things to choose from. And I get to think what made me the most grateful. That is the best feeling. And also it helps you stop and pause and think, wow, I'm really grateful in this moment. I want to take a picture of this. And I know I have a lot of people in my life who have seen me stop before a meal and take a picture of them. Just a silly picture. They don't have to be smiling. Just something to remember that I'm sharing a meal with them. Or if we're out and about on a walk, I stop and I take a a photo. And it's not for anybody to see. It's not a beautiful photo. It's just to remind myself I'm really grateful in this moment and I want to capture it and remember it. Going along with the gratitude journal, another element of my spiritual self-care is meditation. Now, again, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm perfect with this. However, I started using the Headspace app on the same day that I stopped drinking coffee and I started my gratitude journal, and I've maintained it ever since. I went to see a counselor last year who was very specialized in meditation, and she taught me a few other types of meditations, including a walking meditation. And sometimes I do incorporate that. I find if I'm really wound up, it's easier for me to go straight into a walking meditation because my body is still moving. However, I find the Headspace app very conducive to beginners. It has a whole beginners section where there's like 30 sessions or something to learn to use meditation tools. And there's a lot of different guided lessons. So there's like being happy, getting over anxiety, all kinds of things. I actually did an entire package when I was going through my injury on rehabilitation and I meditated every single night for an entire year. I hardly missed a single day and I would lay there every night for 15 minutes and I would picture the sunlight going to my knee and picture it healing my knee. And no, did it help me recover? Probably not. However, it reduced my stress levels. It allowed me to focus on the the physical aspect of my injury rather than the mental, emotional aspect of it. And it helped me realize that it's not the end of the world. And I can feel so grateful for other things in my life. And that if I put my mind to it, I can help my body to heal. So I'm not going to go super into meditation. I don't know a whole lot. I'm not an expert. However, I do know that I use it now when I need to take a break, when I find my anger getting the best of me, when I find my anxiety getting the best of me, or even on a good day when I feel really good and I want to do something good for myself, I'll turn on a meditation. Sometimes at work, at lunchtime, actually most of the time, I would meditate for 20 minutes. So I would eat my lunch and then I would turn off the lights in my office with the door closed so nobody knew I was in there. And I sound like such a hermit saying this, but I would sit on the ground behind my desk And I would curl up and do a meditation for 20 minutes. And it just helped rebalance my whole day. It helped me be kinder and more patient with my coworkers. And it's something I would definitely suggest to you. I also use it before bed. If I'm having difficulty falling asleep, it's a perfect tool to turn it on and you just doze off. And if you use Headspace, the guy named Andy, 
His voice is just the most soothing thing. And that literally lulls me to sleep every single time. So I would suggest it. You can do a free trial. And after that, I pay for the yearly subscription and it's very much worth it. My next self-care tool is financial self-care. And that's through having a daily budget. Now, I do want to do a budgeting episode, so I'm not going to get too much into this. But every morning when I turn on my computer before I start work, I will go into my monthly Excel spreadsheet where I enter all of my daily purchases and I will open up my banking app and just enter any purchases from the night before or from the weekend before. Now, this just helps me keep on track of what I have left to spend for the month and keep track of my spending patterns and see if I'm overspending in a certain area so I can cut for the rest of the month. This is really important for me because it helps reduce my anxiety about these important topics like finances. I know that they can be very challenging, especially at our age when we are just getting our life started and our career started and may not be making a whole ton of money. So I would recommend keeping track of your daily purchases and setting limits for yourself. Another thing that I do as soon as I sit down at my computer before I start work for the day is checking my schedule for the day and the week in my Google Calendar. So I used to use a paper calendar when I was in school. I find now that I don't carry around a backpack on a daily basis, it's more convenient for me to just have access to my calendar on my phone. And I really love Google Calendar because it syncs with my iPhone calendar as well. And I can get notified of appointments and things like that. So I've actually scheduled my work hours into my calendar and my sleep hours. Now, I know that this may sound a little bit crazy, but it really helps me to visualize my free hours in the evening, which is about four hours after the commute home. And it helps me when I'm making plans with friends to realistically see how long I have in the evenings to do things. So not only does it help me maintain being on time for appointments and not forgetting dates and things that I have, but it also helps me be realistic with my time and be less stressed in the end because I know that I'm going to be getting the proper amount of sleep and allocating the proper amount of hours to work each day so that I am not compromising any of my obvious priorities. So the next thing that I do for self-care is a little bit of a hot topic right now, and that is going to therapy. So again, I can make a full episode on this, but this is something that's really close to my heart and something that I haven't shared on social media. I'm not afraid to share it whatsoever because I think it's really important to go to therapy. I think if we are going to the gym to work on our physical health, then why not go to a therapist to work on our mental health? I started seeing a therapist actually back in my first year of university. I saw a therapist for a few months and then I stopped and I saw another therapist in summer of 2017 and then I stopped and I hadn't seen a therapist since until about just over a year ago. I found myself in a very unhealthy relationship and I went to a counselor to learn about myself and why I chose that relationship for myself and how I could improve and how I could get out of that relationship. And even after getting out of that and working on myself, I have maintained going to therapy for over a year now. And let me just tell you, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made for myself. And I have a lot of friends who I have encouraged to go to therapy or they have done it on their own. It makes me really happy to see the people around me also doing good for their own mental health because I think therapy should be more talked about. 
I think oftentimes when I say that I go to therapy, people think it's because I'm in a really low place in my life. And I have. When I first started in therapy, it was because I was in a really low place and I was in a really toxic relationship. But now it's actually because I'm in a high place in terms of my mental health. And I have the strength to look at myself and improve myself from a place of strength rather than a place of weakness and desperately needing somebody. And if that's where you're at, that's so great. And I commend you for getting that help. And that's where I have been. And I'm likely going to be there in the future. But I don't think that therapy always means that you are in desperate need and you're in a low place. I think it can come from a place of empowerment and being so great that you're ready to improve yourself and be the best person that you can be. Something I also want to point out about therapy is that the work isn't done in that one hour that you're in the chair in the the room. The work is done in the homework that they assign you. Now, I do my therapy homework every day for one hour. And I know that that is a big daunting task to some people. And of course, I miss some days here and there when I don't have an hour to devote to it, or sometimes I do a half hour. But for the most part, I do my therapy homework every single day for an hour. And I look at it as though I work out for an hour every day. So why would I not do mental workouts every day for an hour? And I'm not saying you have to do the same, obviously. Take whatever your therapist suggests to you and do that to your best ability. And if you can only do it once a week, then hey, that's great. You're putting some work into your mental health and I'm so proud of you and I hope that you're proud of yourself. But just know that making your mental health a priority doesn't mean that you are in desperate need and that you can't handle your own emotional health. In fact, it actually means that you're strong enough to reach out and get help. So going along with that, in terms of my physical health, I also maintain quite a few different practitioners to help me feel better in my body. So I go and get regular massages that helps with neck tension from sitting in an office job all day. I go to a chiropractor that also helps with the office work, but also if you're going to be working out a lot like I do, it's really important to make sure that your body is in alignment. And I also go see a physiotherapist. Now, this is specific to my knee injury, so not everybody will need to maintain a physiotherapist. However, I think it's important and they can assign you different exercises and things to target injuries in your life. Or if you don't have any sort of injuries, you can even get a personal trainer. I have a personal trainer that I meet with every three or four months or so. So it's not a regular thing. It's not super expensive, but she just helps me line up my workout routine and make sure that I'm focusing on the proper thing, whether it be cardio or bulking or flexibility and just making sure I have the proper exercises lined up so I don't end up injuring myself. So maintaining your physical health is extremely important. Again, I would throw working out into this category, but I'm not going to elaborate on that because it's super cliche. I do stretch and do yoga and I also foam roll every day. I really want to express the importance of foam rolling to keep your muscles loose and tangible so that you're not resulting in muscle tension and injuries if you're going to be working out on a regular basis. Another thing that I implement into my daily life is having a time limit on social media apps. Now, I only have this on Instagram currently. I should probably set it on TikTok, but on Instagram, I customized it. So I have 30 minutes Monday through Friday. I think I have 45 minutes on Saturday and like 40 minutes on Sunday or something. So overall, it's pretty much equal. 
but it just really helps me to have awareness of how long I'm on Instagram. Even though there's a more limit option and I use it more often than not, it at least helps me realize, hey, I've reached my limit by 10 o'clock this morning. I should probably get off Instagram for a few hours. Or if I don't reach my limit until 7 o'clock p.m., I feel really proud of myself and I can look back on the day and see what helped me to maintain my limit for that long and what can I do in the next day to do the same thing. So this just helps keep me aware of how much screen time I'm having. I know, again, screen time is a super trendy topic right now, but it is something that affects my mental health. So having control of that rather than letting it have control of me is really important for me. And ending off the episode with my last thing, and that is having an established night routine. So my night routine usually consists of starting with cooking dinner and I put my phone away. So I'll usually answer all my texts before I put it away and then I'll just cook dinner. I'll watch a show or listen to a podcast and eat dinner usually alone because I live alone. (laughs) And it's just so refreshing to not be looking at your phone for like an hour and taking that time away. And if you don't necessarily make dinner every night, I think it's important to start your night routine off with an activity that allows you to have your own thoughts, something away from the screen. I think social media is constantly feeding you thoughts and controlling your thoughts. But if you were to go on a walk or do a workout, maybe yoga or cook or do your favorite hobby, whether it be art or sewing or whatever, you get control of your thoughts. And it really helps me to go into my evening figuring out Okay, how am I feeling? What do I need to do to nurture myself right now? Am I feeling anxious from the workday? Okay, then maybe I should take a bath. Or am I feeling motivated? Okay, maybe I should do some podcast work. Um, So it just helps me evaluate and set a tone for my evening. As I mentioned, I also do my counseling homework every night. And then I usually set aside some me time. And that can be working on my podcast, taking a bath, taking a shower. Tonight, I'm going to do my podcast and take a shower after this. And I think taking me time is extremely important because it prevents something that I've heard of recently called sleep revenge procrastination. Now, I've had this in the past, and I'm sure some of you guys can relate. Sleep revenge procrastination basically means procrastinating going to bed because you're taking revenge on your day for taking away your personal time. So you feel like you deserve that extra time, therefore you stay up late and you don't go to bed. And that's like revenge on yourself, pretty much. And I struggled with this for quite a long time because I was packing my day so full with being with friends and working overtime or running errands, doing things that I felt I needed to do, which are important, but I wasn't giving myself the meantime within the regular hours of the day. So I ended up staying up until midnight or 1 a.m. doing just goofing around doing absolutely nothing but just because I felt like I deserved that time I refused to give up that me time so it's been really important for me to incorporate a few hours or even 30 minutes of me time every single day whether that be telling a friend that I can't be with them that night or leaving work early and not working overtime that day this just helps me overall in my mental health and allows me to go to sleep feeling more rested. So overall, that is how I maintain my self-care in my daily life. I hope that you guys maybe got some helpful tips from this. And like I said, feel free to share your self-care tips. I would love to hear from them because I'm always looking for new ways to nurture my relationship with myself. So on that note, 
I am going to take a hot shower and get my nighttime tea and get into bed and get a good sleep for work tomorrow. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. I look forward to recording the next episode for you and I hope you guys have a great day or night wherever you are. Bye. 